I can't tell you how many times I've caught myself, even if I'm doing something positive as a mom, it's like I always find the thing that I should be doing. I'm finding the shortcomings. I'm finding the pitfalls. I'm finding the things I could do better. And that is a focus. Hey there, you're listening to the Choosing to Heal podcast, where we ditch the small talk for real deep conversations about all that life has to offer. I'm your host, Monica Lee, and my goal is to share insights and tangible tips to help you maximize your potential and live a life full of intention and purpose. From mental, emotional, and physical wellness to relationships, faith, and business, the goal is always the same. We're choosing to heal, grow, and thrive each day. So grab a cup of coffee, get comfy, and let's chat. Let's talk about mom guilt, shall we? Super fun topic, right? So this podcast episode is inspired by my son Jasper turning seven on July 23rd, which means I have been a mother for seven years. I don't know how that happened. Time flies. It is so cliche and so true. In today's episode, I'm going to be vulnerable and transparent as always. And some of this stuff I have never admitted out loud. I'm going to share with you seven regrets I have as a mother, but more importantly, how I'm learning to forgive myself and deal with that mom guilt and shame that is ever prevalent in all of our lives. I haven't met a single mother who hasn't suffered in some way from that cloud, that elephant of mom guilt and mom shame. So let's get right to it, shall we? My first regret is not being present. If you listen to episode one, you know that during my son's first year of life, I was really putting a lot of emphasis on the wrong things. And you know, that's time I can never get back. And I admitted in that episode that when I developed the self-awareness and I realized and I woke up to the fact that I was really falling victim to that hustle culture and believing that I was working so hard to provide, you know, for my family when meanwhile, like what was my quality of life like, my family life? When I woke up to the fact that I had been not present, I really had to grieve. I had to grieve that those precious years, those precious baby years that you can never get back. I think that all of us can relate to the guilt of not being present enough with our kids, whether they're babies or whether they're grown children. Gosh, even just sitting down to record this episode, it's like I can always come up with an excuse as to why I shouldn't be doing something because it's time that I could be spending with Jasper. You know, like, God forbid I get on here and record this podcast episode because I could be playing a game with him. I could be snuggling with him. I could be all of these things. And gosh, how many times has that held us back? I actually knew a mom once who couldn't even allow herself to go to the movies without being so overcome by mom guilt that she started crying when we pulled out of the parking lot. That is how guilty she felt leaving the house for two hours to spend quality time and go do something for herself just for a couple of hours. It's just really hard to constantly deal with that stress and pressure of feeling like if there's any downtime at all, that I need to be spending it with him. 
That's my first regret is just not being as present during times, not just when he was a baby, but other times as well. It's just so easy to allow distractions to get in the way of being present. And that's something that I'm really trying to work on every single day is developing mindfulness and being present in the present moment. Even if I'm spending time with Jasper, if my head is elsewhere and I'm thinking about the 101 things that I need to get done that day, if I'm thinking about like work, if I'm thinking about all these other things, then I'm not even being present. And it doesn't even matter if I'm spending time with him because the presence is missing. And I think as moms, we all fall guilty into that trap of maybe we spend time with our kids, but we're not really all there. And so that's something that I'm constantly having to learn how to do and remind myself and check myself again and again and again. The second regret I have as a mother is shooting on myself. And that's all of the 101 things that are constantly running through our head to convince us that we should be a better mother. We should be spending more time with them. We should be eating healthier and feeding them healthier foods. Like the most ironic part about shooting on ourselves is it doesn't matter which camp you fall in. No matter which side of the spectrum, there's always a should that you can find. So for example, if you're a stay-at-home mom, it's so easy to say, well, I should be getting a job again. I should be helping provide for our family. Or if you're a working mom, I should be at home with my kids. I should be prioritizing that and not be working. And our brain will find evidence to confirm our worst fears and our worst beliefs. I can't tell you how many times I've caught myself, even if I'm doing something positive as a mom. It's like I always find the thing that I should be doing. I'm finding the shortcomings. I'm finding the pitfalls. I'm finding the things I could do better. And that is a focus. And when we're constantly shooting on ourselves, all it's doing is creating more shame and it's creating additional pressure, additional guilt. You know, if you're already struggling with that to begin with, if we're already struggling with our own self-worth, self-esteem outside of our role as a mother, I mean, this just is like the cherry on top, you know? My third regret as a mother is comparing myself to other moms. (sighs) This is probably maybe the biggest one for me. I really struggled with this, especially when I was pregnant. I was not someone who enjoyed being pregnant. And going back to the last regret of shooting on myself, I felt shame that I didn't enjoy being pregnant because I should be so grateful for this experience. I should be cherishing every single moment. So just by being pregnant, I was already experiencing mom shame before I even technically became a mother and gave birth. And something that I found to be really challenging was the fact that I wanted an epidural. And I mean, I have a very low pain tolerance. And just that alone caused me to feel like weak. How could I not want to enjoy this natural, like God-given experience? And something that triggered me was seeing other women or other moms who gave birth naturally. It was extremely triggering for me. And it's because it was triggering that unhealed core wound that I already believed of not being good enough. And so mom guilt and mom shame, it's the same thing. 
It's just highlighting our existing beliefs, our existing wounded beliefs of not being good enough. And there's just infinite ways to highlight it. I mean, it's so sad because I like to think of myself as someone who cheers for other women and wants you to succeed. Like just because she succeeds doesn't make me any less. And yet in this area, it was the opposite. I found that by women who elected to give birth naturally and they celebrated their strength, it caused me to feel weak. And, you know, even as I'm talking about this with you right now, I can feel my body getting hot because I know that there's probably many of you listening who did give birth naturally without an epidural. And like, I'm already making up these stories that y'all are, are like, Oh, yeah, Monica, you are totally not as strong as I am, you know, or like, why wouldn't you just, you know, whatever. So you can see that this is an area that I really, really struggled in. Fortunately, though, now I'm at a place where I know that when I feel triggered by that, it has nothing to do with those other women. It has nothing to do even with the fact that I am a less than mom. All it is, is it's reminding me that I have more work to do in healing that core wound of not feeling good enough. The fourth regret I have as a mom is saying, well, I would never, I could never do that. I would never do that. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's so funny. Like how many times before we have kids are we like, I would never let my child play a video game at the dinner table or whatever it may be. And then, you know, fast forward and we're like hanging on by a thread and we're like, okay, anything just to keep our sanity, you know? And something that I said was that I could never have more than one kid. And this was related to many reasons. It was the fact that I, I hated being pregnant. I actually hemorrhaged. So I was terrified of being pregnant again. I have like a lot of birth fear, actually. And so I absolutely told all of my friends, they'll tell you how many times I was like, nope, I'm just having one, just having one, just having one. Or people would comment, oh, you'll see, you say that now, you'll change your mind. And I was like, nope, I'm having one. <laughs> well, fast forward, guess what? Now I'm with this wonderful man who has three kids and we have a house full of four kids. <laughs> And it's so funny because another reason I wanted one kid was I looked at other families who had like three or four kids and I was like, that looks like chaos. Like, I don't want that for myself. I want to maintain my quality of life. Like, there's no way I could ever do that. <laughs> and again, here I am happily eating my words. Now I like to say that I will never say that I will never ever again. Like I'm just not going to ever say that <laughs> as a phrase that I could never because you just never know till you know. The fifth regret that I have is the amount of energy and time and stress I have spent around Jasper and his use of technology. I can't tell you how triggering. I still struggle with this. I get triggered when I see him playing on his tablet because there's a part of me that still believes like if I'm not like a Montessori 
stay at home homeschool mom, then I'm failing him. If he's not reading books 24 seven, or if he's not like doing brain challenging STEM activities and he is playing, you know, Mario party, then I'm a horrible mom. Like I'm failing him. He's going to grow up to be a video game addict. He is not going to be like a healthy member of society. And it very easily spirals from there. So ironic because when I was a kid, I have so many positive memories of playing Nintendo 64 and Game Boy and trading Pokemon, you know, with my sisters and my cousin. And I, I turned out all right. I definitely had my moments, you know. And so it has really been an area where I've had to work through that fear. I think it's also doesn't help the generation that we live in. Obviously, our kids are far more exposed to technology. So I feel a greater sense of responsibility to guide him in using technology the right way. But the problem is I constantly feel like I'm failing. And my regret isn't necessarily that he plays with technology or his tablet or, you know, watches TV. It's more so the regret about how I've created meaning around that and that I'm failing him as a mom. The sixth regret I have, and ugh, this one hurts to admit, is projecting my own fears and insecurities onto him. You know, as someone who is working really hard to be trauma informed and heal, you know, all of those wounds, and I'm trying really hard to be the best version of myself and be as authentic as I can. Of course, I want the same thing for Jasper. Going hand in hand with that, I have this horrible fear that he's going to grow up to be a broken, unconscious person who is acting out of old wounds, who has no awareness whatsoever. And he's just going to like fall victim to his trauma. Also, it doesn't matter. Even if I was like the highest expert in like trauma or like the smartest psychologist on the planet, it doesn't matter. We're all going to traumatize our kids. Our kids are going to create meaning regardless. And so there's really nothing that we can do to not traumatize our children in some shape or form. And I hate that as a truth, to be honest. That fear has really caused me to be like a helicopter mom and like, you know, like I just mentioned with the technology thing, it's like any small thing that could potentially, you know, lead down this path of badness. It's like I, I kick into overdrive and try to prevent it from happening. And even though I know that's not helpful because our kids need to learn through experience what pain is, they need to understand how to deal with hardship. And yet I still struggle to let him walk through that, even though I've gone through my own struggles and I am now grateful for them. But it's like, I don't want him to have to go through that, you know, and I'm sure you can relate to that. Gosh, the struggle is so real. So projecting my fears onto him, but then also my own insecurities. Oh, this one is so hard. A couple years ago, I had a smile makeover. My smile was something I was very insecure about for most of my life, but mostly because I was born with a gummy smile. So I actually found a dentist who specialized in gummy smile makeovers so that when I smiled, my gums wouldn't show as much. Well, guess what? Jasper was blessed with the same smile. And 
children are our greatest teachers because what this is teaching me is I don't want him to grow up to be someone who is insecure about his smile because he saw his mom deal with it in that way. But if I am acting out of my own insecurity, you know, our kids are picking up on that and they can adopt those same insecurities too. And so it's been such a a nuanced balance wrestling with my own insecurities while also like being a hypocrite and trying to, you know, educate him and encourage him to not be like mommy, you know, in those areas. So again, all that does is just highlight my imperfection and make me feel guilty and just shame that I'm broken in some ways and that I have these insecurities, you know, that have the potential to carry on to him. That's something that I stay up late at night thinking about too, you know, among all the 101 other things. And then lastly, the seventh regret I have is believing the lie that I'm not a good mom. Why is it that we believe this? Why is it that almost every little thing has the potential to be translated through the lens of I'm failing as a mother? I talked earlier about it feeding into that core wound of not being good enough. I don't know how many moms I've talked to where we have a conversation and they're like, I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. Where is the handbook? Like, that's me. I feel like I've just been stumbling through the last seven years in the dark, like without a roadmap, which again, that's what we all do, right? And something that really hits me in the gut is when I think about Jasper growing up to be a father and imagining him doing his very best only for him to believe the lie that he's not a good dad. That breaks my heart. Like imagine your daughters growing up and doing the best that they can. I literally have chills right now. They're doing the best that they can and you see them doing the best that they can only for them to be riddled with shame and feeling like they're not good enough. I would never wish that on him. And I know you would never wish that on your children as well. So why is it that we do it to ourselves? We're someone's daughter too. Why is it that we are allowing ourselves to do the very thing that we would never want for our children? And I don't say that to shame you because listen, we all have enough shame as it is. It's just kind of like a rhetorical question that it's like, man, it really makes me sad. Anyway, that was a lot. It was really heavy. This episode wasn't meant to make you feel bad. I really hope that it hasn't had that effect on you. Really, my intention with sharing is, you know, whether or not you can relate to the specifics I shared, I think it's really important to open up a conversation about the fact that we're all struggling in some way, shape or form as a mother with some feelings of guilt and shame. Moving on to the ways that I have coped with this and the things that I'm actively doing to let them go, forgive myself for these regrets. You know, we can't go back in time. All we can do is move forward. And so the first thing that has really helped is accepting the feelings rather than resisting them. If we're striving for perfection and we don't want to ever experience mom guilt and shame when it comes, if we're not accepting those feelings, what happens is we learn to shove it. We learn to suppress it and then it manifests in many other ways. And so if we can expect 
that we will struggle with mom guilt, we will be very critical on ourselves, then that's an opportunity to practice mindfulness and go, oh, there I go. There's that mom guilt again. And it just allows that feeling to be there rather than it being this indicator of like, oh, I'm a failure. Like, nope, I can't even acknowledge that because then I'm going to feel shame and I can't feel shame. And so just kind of like allowing it to be okay that I struggle with these feelings. And I think we all could benefit from that. Also, forgiveness is a practice, which means that it's a verb and it's something that you don't do once. You do it again and again and again, because I promise you, as soon as I get off of this episode, I guarantee you later today, I will feel like a bad mom (laughs) and like I wasn't meant to ever be a mother and all of the things. I'm going to have to continue to practice that awareness, capture the thought, identify the wound that it's being triggered. And do it again and again and again, having that self-compassion and awareness. And who knows, maybe in the future, I can press play on this episode and it'll be a reminder to myself, you know, because I can't tell you how many times I've said things to other people and then forgotten the lesson or the like, you know, the advice or whatever, like as soon as I give it. And so maybe it's as simple as, starting to make a list of the things you're doing right as a mother. That's probably an exercise that's really hard for a lot of you because our brain doesn't naturally go there. It doesn't naturally jump there. That way, when we start to feel like we're not spending enough time or whatever the thing is that comes up, we can revisit that list and remind ourselves that we are doing the best that we can. And that brings me to the biggest thing that has been helpful for me is realizing that you did your best with the resources and the wisdom that you had at the time. And that brings me a lot of peace because you know what we are used to doing? We're so used to criticizing ourselves. Like how, how could I have done that? How could I have let that happen? All of these regrets that we have as a mother, all the things we didn't do. What that's doing is we're rejecting a part of ourselves. And what we need and want more than anything is acceptance and love, especially from ourselves. How healing would it be to look back at the mom that you were at that time instead of like kicking her when she already feels down, like going to her and being like, you know what, Monica, like I know during Jasper's first year of life, you were working so much, but I know at the time that you were doing the best that you could. You had good intentions. You had no ill intent. You didn't mean to hurt anyone. And look at the lesson that you learned from that. You know, that was part of your journey. And so if we can use this as an opportunity to have self-compassion, then this mom guilt and the mom shame can be just another area that helps us to grow and heal. If any of this resonated with you today, I just want you to know you're not alone and you're not a bad mom. You are good enough, even in your weakness, even in your trauma, even when you lose your temper, you are the right woman for the job because God made you their mother for a reason. 
Hey again, thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end, which makes you one of my favorite people. If you can think of anyone who would benefit from listening to this episode, it would mean the world if you'd either send it to them directly or share about it on social media. Ratings and reviews are the absolute best way you can support the podcast and keep the content coming. So make sure to subscribe and leave some love while you're at it. You can find me on all of the social platforms at Monica Lee blog and follow the podcast at choosing to heal. Thanks again. And I'll see you next time.